and uh, read the passage there on the front page out of the book of Revelation. Judgment into the lake of fire. Revelation chapter 20, verse number 1. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them, and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison, and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth, and compassed the camp of the saints about, and the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven, and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Thank you, Jacob, for leading the music again today. And as Jacob mentioned, Miss Alice, thank you for your faithfulness every week being here. And welcome, everyone, today for the message that we're going to be looking at from the book of Revelation. And this is from chapter 20. This really culminates God's work on the earth. And it's right before Jesus ushers in the new heaven and the new earth. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this beautiful day. Last week, it was so cold. Many of the local churches canceled services, and there was an ice storm. And, and today, it's so warm outside. And all of the good rain you gave us in the last week and last night, Lord, that is how you refresh the earth. And Lord, your word of God is how you refresh our soul and our spirit. And Father, we always want to be thankful that you sent Jesus, your son, to die on the cross. And Jesus, for your faithfulness, in going to the cross and bearing our sin burden and the wrath due our sin. 
And Holy Spirit, even today, being with us as you dwell in our body, as it is a temple. And Father, that you would just bless the word today. Holy Spirit, guide my tongue, forgive the sin in my life, that your word is not hindered. And also bind any evil that would try to steal your word today. Jesus, we love you and bless the word. Amen. Amen. Everybody should have a handout. And on the back of the handout, if we take a look at that drawing, this is a simple timeline of the Bible. And it starts with creation. You'll see that ages past, that would be symbolic of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And of course they sinned. That necessitated the flood and then the law of Moses and then Jesus going to the cross. And then we see that we are in the current church age. And we don't know how long the church age goes or when it will end, but the point where it ushers in the next point of God's timeline is the rapture. Actually, that's the next event on God's calendar. The rapture then starts the tribulation period, which is a seven-year time frame. And at the end of that seven-year time frame, the end of the tribulation, it is marked by the Battle of Armageddon. That is a terrible battle. There will be 200 million soldiers who die in that battle. And the Bible says the blood will be as high as the horse's bridle for the distance of 200 miles. That is quite a battle. And then God calls all the birds from over the earth and they eat that dead carcass, that dead flesh, for a period of seven months. That then ushers in the 1,000-year reign of Christ. During that period, Satan is bound in the blackness of the darkness. He's in the bottomless pit. The reason he's bound is he can no longer deceive the people who are born during that time frame. He is also released from the bottomless pit at the end of the 1,000 years reign and then he goes and deceives the nations and there's a final battle and God devours all of the evil with fire and then this brings the next event which is the great white throne judgment that's what we're going to focus in on today is the judgment at this great white throne and everybody who appears at the great white throne judgment will end up going into the lake of fire and then God creates the new heaven and the new earth so really, this is a cleansing process. All of us in our life, we have things we need to do to cleanse. We wash our clothes, we take a bath, we clean our bathroom, the kitchens, the dishes. Many things need to be cleaned. God is also going to clean his creation. He will destroy this heaven and this earth because it's tainted with sin. And he will also, before bringing in the new heaven and the new earth, he will cleanse death and hell and put them into the lake of fire and everyone who is evil and rejected his free gift of salvation will go into the lake of fire today the lesson is entitled judgment into the lake of fire and i have three points the first point is the millennial 1000 year reign of christ the second point is the world believes satan's lie after rebellion against god and the third point is there is no mercy at the great white throne judgment. The first point, the 1,000 year millennial reign encompasses verses Revelation 21 until Revelation 26. Revelation 21, and I saw an angel come down from heaven having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. 
Bible theologians are not sure if this angel that comes down is Christ himself or a very strong angel like Gabriel or Michael. And Satan is a spirit. So this key has to be able to bind Satan in the spirit world. Now the next line you see the, the C1, C2, and 3, and so on. Yeah. C stands for chapter. There's 22 chapters in the book of Revelation, and you can kind of break them down at the 50,000-foot level. Chapter 1 talks all about Jesus. Chapters 2 and 3 deal with the seven churches. Chapters 4 through 19 are primarily discussing the tribulation events. Chapter 20 is the chapter of judgment. And then chapter 21 and 22, the final two chapters of the Bible, deal with the new heaven and the new earth. Jesus has all the power. So he has all the authority to usher in the great white throne. Matthew 28, 18 states, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And this is right before Jesus ascends into heaven. He's already gone to the cross, been crucified, died. He was buried. He rose again. He's walked on the earth for 40 days. And now this is his final message before he ascends into heaven. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 says, For by Jesus were all things created that are in heaven and that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Let's look at Revelation 20 verse 2. And he laid hold on that dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Here we see Satan has many names. Dragon, old serpent, devil, Satan. But the essence of this verse is he is captured and he's bound for 1,000 years in the bottomless pit. Where do we get this name old serpent from? Remember Genesis chapter 3 verse 1. Now the old serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And that's where Satan started his deceit in the world. Revelation chapter 12, verse 4 teaches us, His tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child, as soon as it was born. This verse teaches us that Satan drew a third of the angels, a third of the stars of heaven, and they followed him. One third of the angels became demons. And we see that this dragon, Satan, he is the prince of the power of the air. The world is his dominion. He knew that Jesus was going to be born to be the savior. This verse states that when the woman, the Virgin Mary, was ready to be delivered of the baby, he tried to kill the baby. Remember King Herod? He put out a death warrant for all the children under the age of two, and they were all slaughtered. Jude, verse 6, And the angels which kept not their first estate, those are the angels which fell, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. On Mother's Day, all the restaurants are booked. Everybody wants to go out with mom and grandma. 
So you need to make a reservation. And many of us make reservations a week, two weeks in advance to make sure that we have a, a table. God has reserved for these fallen angels everlasting chains under darkness onto the judgment day. They have a reservation with Christ and they will be cast into the lake of fire. Revelation 20 verse 3. And cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. During this 1,000 year reign, Christ is the king. Christ is in control. And Christ will rule with a rod of iron. He's not going to allow outright sin. Satan is bound. His deceitfulness, his lies will not be allowed. Isaiah 11.6 says, The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and the little child shall lead them. This verse teaches us that during this 1,000 year reign, the curse of the earth is lifted. Lions will no longer hunt to kill. Children can play with poisoned snakes. They're no longer poisonous. This will be an amazing time. There will be no food shortages. There will be no air pollution. You will be able to drink every drop of water from the stream. There will be no pollution. There will be no need for doctors. No need for lawyers. There will be very few funerals. Only the people that the Lord will take out that are outrightly in rebellion. So the world as we know it will be totally changed. It will be a very good time to live. And what's amazing is that people's lifespans will approach the times of before the flood. People will live to be almost 1,000 years old. We will see that a child's age will live to be 100. Now think about this. A woman's childbearing years now are maybe 25 years. She will be able to bear a child for two or 300 years. So your family, where you think a big family has 10 children, conceivably, a big family might have 150 children. And remember, that lady will never get sick or die during childbirth. This will be a period of total blessings. We have no idea how big the population will be. I've heard estimates 50 billion people. Remember, there's no shortages when Jesus is running all of the systems. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2. Wherein, in time past, you walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. In the world today, Satan is the prince of the power of the air. And most of the evil that comes into our life in 2018 is through the air. We think about the bad programming on television. We think about the evil music on the radio. We think about smartphones that have access to wicked pornography. All of this is the domain of the prince of the power of the air. And he is the spirit that works in the children of disobedience today. 
when he's bound these 1,000 years, God's not going to allow that spirit of disobedience in his domain. Titus chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. This same Spirit of God that teaches us godliness and holiness will be very apparent during this 1,000-year reign. However, most of the people, as we find out, they never become saved. They're living in this almost perfect world. And yet, when they make a choice, they choose rebellion. When Satan is released, they choose rebellion. Those of us in this room who are Christians, when the Lord comes back at the rapture, we will receive a glorified body. So we're going to be already spiritual in nature. We will no longer be able to sin. We will be the leaders and the rulers with Christ on the earth. And these human beings that are born, perhaps billions upon billions, they will be living with us, spiritual beings. It's going to be an amazing time. Revelation 20, verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. In heaven, there are thrones. Jesus has the main throne, and there are other thrones. There are four parts to the first resurrection, the first resurrection being for the saved. The second resurrection is for those unto damnation. The first resurrection had its first part when Jesus rose from the dead. He was the first fruits. And some of the graves were opened. Remember reading that? Can you imagine, Miss Alice, if you were alive when Jesus rose from the dead and you were living in Jerusalem and your grandma came out of the grave and said, Miss Alice, have you been praising God today? <laughs> that was the first part of the resurrection number one. The second part is going to be the rapture. The dead in Christ shall rise first, and then we will be gathered up together with the Lord. The third part of the first resurrection is this verse. The people who are killed during the tribulation, the saints, they're going to be raised up at the end of the tribulation, and they will also go into the 1,000-year reign. Now, what about the people who are saved during the 1,000-year reign? They still have a human body. They will also, at the end of the 1,000-year reign, receive their glorified body, and we will see that verse. Matthew 19.28 And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that ye which would have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, you shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. So we know there's going to be at least twelve thrones set aside for the twelve apostles to rule the twelve tribes. There are other thrones, by the way, and we'll look at that. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. Do ye not know that the saints shall judge the world? 
the saints. That's not just the Jewish saints. That's Gentile saints. And if the world shall be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? So we see there's going to be the apostles judging the Jewish nation, and there's going to be Gentiles that are judging the Gentile nation. At the top of page 3, this is from the book of Daniel, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And this is a go-to verse for many of the people who believe that the Jewish nation will be raised after the tribulation. Let me also add that this 1,000-year reign, there are many viewpoints. There are the people who believe in the pre-trib rapture, the mid-trib, the post-trib. There are the amillennialists. Our church, and I personally believe that the tribulation is pre-trib, but I'm not going to lose fellowship with other Christians who take different viewpoints. But I just wanted to point that out to you today, that your outline follows the pre-trib context, as does the chart on the back of your handout. Daniel chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, which standeth for the children of thy people, and there shall be a time of trouble. This is the seven-year tribulation. Such as never was since there was a nation, even to the same time. And at that time thy people, these are the Israelites, at that time thy people shall be delivered, everyone that shall be found written in the book, the saved Jewish people. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, the saved, and some to shame and everlasting contempt, the lost. Revelation 20, verse 5. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. So remember the people who get saved during the 1,000-year reign? They still have a human body. It says the rest of the dead, see, they have to die. It's appointed on man wants to die. But they will live again. That means they are Christians. And it says they are part of the first resurrection. That means they are Christians. The lost are not part of the first resurrection. They're part of the second resurrection unto damnation. Matthew chapter 27, 52 and 53 says, And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept the rose, and came out of the graves after his resurrection, and went into the holy city, and appeared unto many. This was the first fruits. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 and 14. But I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. Remember last week we talked about the lady with the issue of blood, and then Jairus had his daughter, who was 12 years old, who died. And Jesus went to his home, and he said, she's not dead, she's asleep. And then it says they laughed him to scorn. For Jesus, the physical body, when it dies... He says it's asleep. It's asleep because it's going to be wakened to either one of the judgments of life or damnation. But it's sleeping until that time. Here we see concerning them which are asleep, the Christians that are asleep. My great-grandma, my great-great-grandma, and all the people in my family, all the generations that are saved, they're asleep. That you sorrow not. We cry when somebody passes. But if we know that person was a Christian... It's also a time of rejoicing because now they are in the presence of the Lord. Praise God. But that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. 
We have hope in Christ. We have hope in eternal life in heaven. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17. Now this is the main harvest. We talk about gathering fruit in the fall. For example, harvesting your apple tree. There's the first fruits, then there's the main apple picking, and then as the fall goes into winter, there's a few stragglers that ripen and they fall to the ground and we can pick them up. But the main harvest is at the rapture. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Comfort yourself with these words. This morning when I was teaching the kids, I said, how many of you can fly up into the clouds? And they were laughing because this verse says, we're all going to fly. And I don't know how many of you are pilots in here. I know Chris, when he comes and preaches, he's a pilot. But we're all going to be able to fly up to meet the Lord in the air. And none of us are going to have a fear of heights at that point. And we're going to have a glorified body. That's going to be such an amazing time. Don't you look forward to that? Yeah. Revelation 20, verse 6. Blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. Multiple parts, but everybody who's in that first resurrection, God says is blessed and holy. And on such the second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. John chapter 11, 25 and 26. The setting for these two verses is Jesus talking to Martha right before he calls Lazarus out of the tomb who's been dead now for four days. And Jesus said unto Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Do you believe this? Yes. This is the core theme of the Bible. If you're saved and you die, you're sleeping because your soul is present with God. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord for the Christians. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 42 and 43. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. Every Christian that goes into the grave, they're going to be raised. We die out of weakness. We die because the wages of sin is death. But this verse says we're going to be incorruptible. We're going to be raised in God's glory. We're no longer going to be weak, but we're going to have the power of God in us. By the way, we already have the power of God in us. Because when we're saved, it says our body becomes the temple of the Holy Ghost. We have the power of God. We can pray to the Father. And he can answer prayers in the spirit world. And we have access to his throne. What a privilege to be saved and become a child of God. 1 Corinthians 15, 44 and 45. It is so in a natural body. 
it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body, and there is a spiritual body. You see, God makes it very clear. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. The last Adam is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the Holy Spirit. We only get saved through the power of the Holy Spirit. You must be born again. That's what Jesus said to Nicodemus. You must be born of water and of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. You cannot be saved. You cannot go to heaven without being born of the Holy Spirit. The second point today. The world believes Satan's lie of rebellion against God. So these future events, after the 1,000-year reign, when Satan is loosed for this little short season, the Bible doesn't define how long that is, people have lived in this almost perfect environment, many of them for hundreds of years, and now they have the choice. Will you follow the Lord into eternity in heaven, or will you follow Satan and his lies? And unfortunately, it seems most go on the broad way into destruction. Revelation 20, verse 7. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. This is a future event. When it happens, Satan will be let loose out of the bottomless pit. Isaiah 65, 20 and 21. There shall be no more thence an infant of days, nor an old man that has not filled his days. This is talking about how long the life will be during this 1,000 year reign. For the child shall die in 100 years old. If a child dies, he's going to be 100 years old. How many babies die when they're only infants, two, three, four days old? That's not going to happen. If, if a child would die, it would be 100 years old. But the sinner being 100 years old shall be accursed. That means there will be some people who God will rule and destroy with his rod of iron. And if they die at 100 years, God is saying, you're cursed because you didn't live to be seven, eight, or 900 years old. And they shall build houses and inhabit them. And they shall plant vineyards and eat the fruit thereof. How many of us have lived in a really nice house? Perhaps we built it, but we had to sell it because our life transitions into different lifestyles. All of you living in this community, you had a previous residence. In my case, I've had several residences. Do you know during the 1,000 year millennial reign, you can have your house built and you can live there for 500 years, 600 years, 700 years. You're gonna enjoy your house. What an amazing time. Romans 1:21. Now this begs the question, why do these people, when they're living under God's reign, when they're healthy, why will they rebel and follow Satan? It almost seems insanity. Yeah. But the reason is, they are still under Adam's seed. They are still under the curse of sin. They still have to make a decision. Let's look at Romans 1, verse 21. Because that, when they knew God, now they know God in this 1,000 year reign, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful. They weren't thankful that they didn't need to have a doctor. They weren't thankful that they could live in their house for 500 years. They weren't thankful that they weren't sick. They were not thankful that their water was clean. 
that there was no poverty. And it says, became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Darkened with sin. The darkness of sin is ruling their life, even in this perfect environment. Romans chapter 1, verse 22, the next verse. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. That speaks of yesterday, before Noah's flood. That speaks of the Sadducees and the Pharisees in Jesus' time. That talks about all the infidels through the church age. That speaks to Americans today. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And this speaks to the people living in the 1,000-year reign. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Revelation 20, verse 8. And shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is the sand of the sea. Now Satan goes out to the four quarters of the earth, the northern hemisphere, the southern hemisphere, as far as you can go east and as far as you can come west. He goes out and gathers all these people. What's the purpose? To have war against God. And you can imagine how much planning this would take to move the armies from all over the world and how many people are involved in this movement. Now, of course, God knows it. He's already written it in the Word. This Word has been here for 2,000 years. So He's been telling us believers about Satan's plan for the last 2,000 years. By the way, the, the Gog and the Magog that are mentioned there, in Revelation, this would become the nations of Russia and Iran. Let's look at the top of page 4. Isaiah chapter 14, verses 13 and 14. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of the God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. This is Satan. This is in his rebellion. He's saying, I, I, I. It's all about him. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation. By the way, that's where Jesus' throne is. And he said, I will be like the Most High. Do you see the next verse, Isaiah 14 and 15? God says, oh no, you're not going to. This verse says, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. See, Satan in his rebellion said, I will be like the Most High. God will never give up his glory. He will never even share his glory except for what he gives to the saved. He will never share his glory with Satan, the demons, or the lost. It will never, ever happen. And this verse teaches us that. Revelation chapter 20, verse 9. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints above, and the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. So here we see all of these massive armies coming around the beloved city. The beloved city is Jerusalem. So just like we know the focal point is Israel, even after the 1,000 year reign, the focal point is Israel. And all of these massive armies come and surround Jerusalem. And imagine how much planning and money and effort was spent Look at God. He is so powerful. He doesn't even use one verse 
to describe what he's going to do. He uses a half a verse. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. He doesn't mince his words. He has all the power. And remember, God is a consuming fire. And we're going to look at that. Deuteronomy chapter 4, 24. For the Lord thy God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. And that's a holy jealousy. When we get jealous, we sin. When God gets jealous, it's because of his glory. He's not going to share his glory. Luke 18, verse 8. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. This fire came down in a matter of seconds. It was fast. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? Many people read this verse and they say, when Jesus comes at the rapture, will he find faith on the earth? Well, the answer is yes, because all the Christians are going to be raptured up. You can't be a Christian without faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But this verse addresses at the end of the 1,000-year reign. He says, will there be faith on the earth? Very little, if any, because he's going to devour all of these rebels. Psalm 11, verse 6 says, Upon the wicked he shall rain snares, fire, and brimstone, and a horrible tempest. This shall be the portion of their cup. You know, when we go into the kitchen and we're thirsty, we can open up the refrigerator and we can choose if we want milk or iced tea or soda or juice or just plain bottled water. Many choices. In our life, we make choices, and that fills up our spiritual cup. These people are bearing the brunt of the portion of their cup that resulted from their choices during their life. Revelation 20, verse 10. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. This is, for me... One of my favorite verses in the Bible. When I'm tempted, many times I will say this verse in my head. And it's amazing how the temptation leaves. You see, Satan, this is perhaps the verse he hates the most in the Bible. Because it tells the end story. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. And do you notice where it says that where the beast and the false prophet are? They've been there for 1,000 years. We're going to look at that shortly. Isaiah 66, 24. And they shall go forth and look upon the carcasses of the men that have transgressed against me. For their worms shall not die, neither shall their fire be quenched, and they shall be an abhorring unto all flesh. The lake of fire is forever. And there are many, many verses that underscore this truth. This is one of them. It says, their worms shall not die, neither shall the fire be quenched. That's in the Old Testament. There are many other verses that are in the New Testament. Jude, verse 7. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication, specifically that was homosexuality, and going after strange flesh. God teaches in his word, if a man goes after a man, that's strange flesh. If a woman goes after a woman, that's strange flesh. In America and in the world, we're trying to push this sin of homosexuality. God says no. He gave Sodom and Gomorrah as the examples that he rained fire from heaven down and consumed them. 
and it says, are set forth as an example. But you see, the people who live that lifestyle, and I'm not picking on the homosexuals, I hope they receive Christ. Because the ones who are deepest in sin, when they get saved, they're the most on fire for the Lord. Because they realize what great salvation he has provided them. This verse is saying, are set forth an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. God set them as an example in the Old Testament, way back when Lot was told to leave. And that same example has been through thousands of years as an example of what's going to happen in the future at the great white throne. Revelation 19.20. This is the verse that talks about the beast and the false prophet. You see, Jesus is God. God is three persons in one God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Satan always tries to mimic God to fake people, to give them a lie. He's the father of all lies. And he has Satan the dragon. He's trying to be like the father. He has the Antichrist, this beast man who is like Jesus. And then he has the false prophet who does the miracles before the beast. And that would be like the Holy Spirit. At the end of the battle of Armageddon, God takes the beast and the false prophet. They're human beings. They're not an angel. They're not a spirit. And he cast them into the lake of fire. Now here we are 1,000 years later when Satan is cast into the lake of fire. And the beast and the false prophet are still there. They're never consumed. You will never be burned up in hell of the lake of fire. Let's read this. Revelation 19.20 And the beast was taken and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshiped his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. That's a terrible situation. But God is setting this forth as an example to teach us. The third point today, there is no mercy at the great white throne judgment. Anybody who stands before Christ at this great white throne will not have mercy. The Bible says, he that despises Moses' law dies without mercy. There is no mercy at the judgment seat, at the great white throne. Revelation 20, 11, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for him. John is writing the book of Revelation as God revealed it to him. And he sees this great white throne. And in fact, Jesus says, the earth is his footstool. This is an awesome throne. Now, do you notice it's a great white throne, which speaks of Jesus' purity and his power. But it has none of the attributes that his throne is discussed. There's no rainbow of promise. There's no glass sea, which is God's grace. There's no mercy. There's no mercy seat. There's no seven spirits of God, the seven candlesticks. The Holy Spirit is not emphasized here because the Holy Spirit saves. This great white throne is Jesus. And it's not Abba Father. And it's not a quickening spirit. This is Jesus, the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he's about to judge. Psalm 18, 7 and 8. Then the earth shook and trembled. 
the foundations also of the hills moved and were shaken because he was wroth. There went up a smoke out of his nostrils and fire out of his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. This is an image of God on this judgment seat and he is angry. And all of these people who denied Jesus and rejected the free gift, they were reaping up wrath against this is the day of wrath. Psalm 102, verse 19. For he hath looked down from the height of his sanctuary. From heaven did the Lord behold the earth. See, it says there was found no place for them. They can't hide. God looks down. Right now, he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And he sees everything in the physical world and in the spirit world. He knows our physical words, our actions, our deeds, and he knows our thoughts and the intentions of our heart. Jeremiah 23, verse 24. Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him, saith the Lord? Do not I fill heaven and earth, saith the Lord? God is everywhere. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He knows everything and he has all the power. There's nothing that we can do that we can hide from God, nor is there any place for them before the judgment seat to hide. Revelation 20, verse 12. And I saw the dead, these are the lost, small and great, stand before God. How can somebody who's dead stand? Because he takes all those lost bodies out of the grave, he takes all of those souls which have been in hell, puts them back into that body, and now they will have to stand before God, and then they're going to have to bow, because every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess to the glory of Father that Jesus is God and Lord. And they're about to do it. It says, the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. So the books are all the deeds that every one of those people have done. The other book that's opened is the book of life. The dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. There are degrees of punishment in the lake of fire. Just like there's going to be degrees of reward in heaven. Daniel 7.10 A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand thousands, that's millions, because a thousand thousand is a million. This is thousand thousands ministered unto him. These are the ministering angels around Christ. And 10,000 times 10,000, that's 100 million, stood before him. And I believe that in these 100 million will be saved Christians. There's going to be ministering angels, and we're going to be eyewitnesses at this judgment. And this accounts for 100 million. That's a lot of witnesses. The judgment was set, and the books were opened. It's about time now when God is going to give these people specifically judgment on their life. Jeremiah 17.10 I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. The seeds that we plant in our life, they will bear fruit in the spirit world. God in this verse is saying, he will give everyone according to the fruit of his doings. Are you planting good seeds today? 
Are you praying for people? Are you reading your Bible? Do you have a song of joy to the Lord in your heart? Those are the seeds you can plant today that will bear fruit at the judgment. Matthew chapter 10, 26. Fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid, that shall not be known. There are many times in our life where we feel like we got the short end of the stick. But God says, don't fear, because he will recompense. We are not to try to get even with anybody, because that's the Lord's job, and he will thoroughly carry it out. John 5.22, this is speaking of Jesus and why he has the authority to judge. For the Father judges no man, but has committed all judgment unto the Son. We know Jesus is the one who's on the great white throne. This verse tells us. 2 Corinthians 5.10 For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Everyone in this room, we will stand before his judgment seat. But our judgment as a Christian is for the Bema seat, for rewards. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done whether it be good or bad. The Bible is very consistent. We've only touched on a few of these verses. This is a very deep doctrine in biblical theology. Revelation chapter 20, 13. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to his works. Now we're back in front of the great white throne. God is calling up the people who need to be judged. You see where it says, death and hell delivered up the dead? The dead people in hell, their souls, they're still dead. They're never going to be quickened with the Holy Spirit. And that body that's in the grave is still dead. Think about that. That dead body will stand with that dead soul and spirit in front of God. And remember, the worm dieth not. It has a sulfur smell. They will always remember when they rejected the Savior. Genesis 7, 21 and 22. This is talking about Noah's flood. When everybody died. Remember, there was no ocean before Noah's flood. Now the oceans cover 70% of the globe, of the earth. But then, 100% of the earth was livable. Everything that breathed air died in the flood. All flesh died that moved upon the earth, both fowl and of cattle and of beasts and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth and every man. All in whose nostrils was the breath of life, of all that was in the dry land, died. Perhaps you're wondering why is that verse in this discussion? Because it says the sea gave up the dead. There might be more people that come out of the sea because that part of the earth was not covered with water before Noah's flood. There could be billions of people coming out of the sea. Psalm 62, 12. Also unto thee, O Lord, belongeth mercy. For thou renderest to every man according to his work. God owns mercy. And he says there is no mercy to those who despise the law. And at this great white throne, there is no mercy. He's going to render to every man according to his work. Job 26.5 gives us another interesting look. 
dead things, those people in the grave that are coming out before the great white throne, they're dead. Those souls in hell, they're dead. Dead things are formed from under the waters. Isn't that interesting? Those dead bodies with those dead souls are going to come out of the Pacific Ocean and the Atlantic Ocean and the Indian Ocean. Dead things are formed from under the waters and the inhabitants thereof. Revelation 1.18. This is Jesus speaking. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I live forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and death. So he can take those souls out of hell. He can take that dead body out of the grave because he has the key. Revelation 20, verse 14. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Aren't you happy that when God brings the new heaven and the earth, there's going to be no more death? There's going to be no need for punishment? No need for a hell? But in that lake of fire, it's going to be made even worse. Because all the torments of hell are added to the lake of fire. All of the torments of death are added to the lake of fire. 1 Corinthians 15, 24 and 25. Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom of God, even the Father, when he shall put down all rule and all authority and all power. For he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. We know that before God ushers in the new heaven and the earth, he will put down all rebellion against him. 1 Corinthians 15, 26. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Praise God. We will never have to go into that situation again. We will no longer be able to sin. We're going to have a glorified body. We will never be subject to death. It's appointed on man once to die. Never again. Revelation chapter 2, verse 11. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Do you have an ear in this room? I think we all have two, yes? Are you listening to what God is telling you today? Yes. If you overcome, if you're saved, if you're a Christian, and many times our life on a daily basis is overcoming the things that Satan puts in our way or that our own flesh puts in our way. When you overcome, it says you will not be hurt by this second death. But if you're only born once physically, you're going to die physically and this second death in the spirit world. But if you're born again, if you're born of your mama and of the Holy Spirit, you will only experience one death. Born once, die twice. Born twice, die once. Revelation 2015. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So now the angel is going to go through that book and he's going to verify the names that are not there. And whosoever doesn't have their name in that book of life is cast into the lake of fire. They're thrown into the lake of fire. There's no respect when they're cast into the lake of fire. Matthew 25, 41. This is Jesus speaking. Then shall he say also to them on the left, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. This everlasting fire of the lake of fire was prepared for the devil and his angels. The dragon, when he took a third of those angels with him, and they became demons, God created the lake of fire to punish them. 
But the human being who rejects the free gift will also go into this punishment. John 8.24 I said therefore unto you that you shall die in your sins for if you believe not that I am he you shall die in your sins. Jesus is God. Jesus and the Father are one. And he was speaking to the leaders, to the Sadducees, the Pharisees, and anybody else who was listening. If you don't believe I am God, you will die in your sins and go into the lake of fire. Let's read that verse again. Jesus speaking. I said therefore unto you that you shall die in your sins. Because they don't have a Savior. There's no way for them to be saved without Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. If you believe not that I am he, that I am God, that I am Savior, Redeemer, you shall die in your sins. And then the last verse today, 2 Peter 3.10. This is a good way to end it on a highlight because this was kind of a heavy note. The lake of fire is not a topic many people even want to think about. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. All of the evilness of the earth is going to be burned up. There's going to be no more taint. Did you ever walk into a restaurant or perhaps get in somebody's car and they smoke cigarettes? My mom, she cannot be in an environment. If she even breathes smoke, it, it hurts her lungs. And she would be incapacitated for several days. That impact of smoking, other people can see the taint. Now think about the taint on the earth, the sin that's paramount. Your garden that has weeds, that's God's curse. The insects that eat your fruit, that's God's curse. All of that's gone away. And then God brings in the new heaven and the new earth, and we will be with him forever. And God is infinite. Every day, he's going to have a new blessing for you. And he's going to give you an individual name that nobody else will know. And Miss Alice, I don't know what your name will be, but when he calls you, it's only you and the Holy Spirit who commune together. And maybe it'll be for a thousand years. And when he calls every one of us, we will answer. And we will have fellowship with God one-on-one. -on -one. Now, we're also going to be together in heaven. Who knows what eternity is going to be like. But every day, his refreshing, his revealing of himself, of his infinite power and glory will be made new. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this word. Thank you for this wonderful chapter. It's judgment. And Lord, we know you are the judge. This is the final time when you usher in eternity. These are the last events on your calendar for heaven and earth. We praise you that we were able to look at this today. And Jesus, thank you for the cross. Thank you for your blood covering our sins and for your redemption. And Holy Spirit, be with us this week. Many people in this room have appointments on their calendar. Perhaps they're suffering physically or emotionally or mentally. Lord, be with them that they take their burden and cast them upon you. And we ask this in your name, Jesus, the name above all names. We love you, God. Amen. You're dismissed. <laughs>